Today I'm talking to Katie Machowski of Compass in Newport Beach and all of Orange County. Katie has been recognized as one of the top 1,000 real estate agents in the nation. She consistently ranks in the top 1% of Newport Beach agents and was named Real Trends America's Best Real Estate Agents in 2017 and 2018. She says the reason for her success is applying active listening from helping her clients to building a team. Today, we talk about how she does it. Welcome to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. I created this podcast because over the years that I've been an agent from struggling to successful, I found that the one thing, the one foundation that created the mindset, knowledge, and ability to break through to new levels was the camaraderie and sharing of ideas from other generous and successful agents. Those experiences catapulted my career. They gave me the inspiration and idea to further develop those friendships and share what they have had to share with me to make not only more successful careers for each of us, but a stronger community and better respect for our profession at large. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it. And today we are so excited because we have Katie Machowski on the show from Orange County, Newport Beach, here to tell us about how she has become so incredibly successful and all of her successes. Katie, thank you for being on the show. Hi, Jerry. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Well, awesome to have you. Tell us, let's get started because you've got a lot of fun history that kind of led you down this path of being a real estate agent. The first thing I would say is what happened is in how and why did you become a real estate agent? Well, you know, it's kind of a funny path. And I always say your path, I tell my new agents, you know, your path prepares you in ways that you'll never expect. But I went to UCLA. I have always worked since I was 13 years old. I actually interned with Goodson. At the time, they were Goodson Todman Productions and game shows, which was hilarious and fun. And I morphed into oh, awesome. uh, an entertainment publicist. And from there, I thought I wanted to get into sports marketing. And somehow that slid me into, um, I worked in PR and worked for Fortune 500 companies doing package and design PR um, and then PR for an agency. And all of that, you know, I, I was an English lit major. I loved to write. Um, but the PR side and the publicist side really helped me be very aware of the importance of public relations and interactions in the media. But then that slid me into nonprofit work. And I was a nonprofit executive for 16 years. I ran wow. big, big, big national programs and uh, local programs and was an executive director for a multitude of, of different nonprofits. I loved it. It was a labor of love. I truly, truly loved it. And I, I taught at university. I did everything I wanted to do and absolutely burned out. And um, wow. it was it was time to leave. And I really just kind of left and consulted for nonprofits. And I truly loved what I did. But it wasn't at one point, my husband looked at me and we've been married 28 years. And I think we don't keep count <laughs> secret of our success. But um, he looked at me and said, you know, you can you are an amazing salesperson. You can sell anything. You sell hope. And wow. I just was so offended by that. And I said, oh, 
what I do is so much more noble, you know, cure for diabetes, ending child yeah. abuse, helping people with disabilities. That's so much more noble than oh, sales. Yeah. And one night we had six neighbors over and all five of those women were getting licensed and starting their first class the next day. And over some margaritas, my husband said, you've always wanted to be licensed. Go with them. Go get your license. So on a whim, I went and got over license. margaritas. The oh, tequila margaritas. is what did it. That makes sense now. It's probably the margarita's fault. Wow. Um, and what's funny is I ultimately became the only one that was working to work a little bit part-time now. But ultimately, I then it was dinner with a very, very uh, top agent who's a very good friend. And she didn't even know I was licensed. But it was, it was 2003. The market was white hot. Um, and we over dinner... Uh, she said, well, why, why don't you join Strata was the boutique at the time. It was just the place to be extremely difficult invitation only to get in. And I thought if I'm going to do it, there's only one place I want to be. And so I started with Strata, which was purchased wow. by Cobalt Banker after three attempts. And, and literally I sold my first house three days after I joined. Oh my Strata. goodness. Um, and that's a funny story in itself that it was a, my husband saved a woman in a road rage incident and the woman called me and said, your husband's amazing. Thank you so much. I, I don't know if you really did for me today, but told me the story yeah. and then said, I heard you just got licensed in your at Strata. I consider selling my house. Four days later, I had three multiple offers, 75 people through the house and I sold my first house. I had no idea what I was doing. Wow. <laughs> but you pulled it off. It was, that's, yeah, that's like, that's like a, I would call it hazing, except being successful. <laughs> I mean, that was not that bad, but that, that fast, that is, that is amazing. So a quick question for you. So getting, you know, a lot of, we have agents listening to the show who are well on their way, have huge teams, usually successful. And then we have agents on our show, listening to our show that are newer in the business. But either way, I would ask you, what do you think it was? I mean, I kind of, we would all make assumptions about what it was, but what do you think it was that got you the invitation to an exclusive company? Um, it's a new agent that maybe not everybody, well, definitely not everybody's getting invitations to. You know, and that's that's a great question. And it's it's all about, my mom used to say, and you'll, you'll know this about me, I have a lot of adages and, and mantras. But Good, of, we love those. <laughs> she said to me was, you never know who's watching. And she said it to me when I was a little girl, and I'm going to get a little misty. Sorry, but we just lost her in November. Yeah. Um, but it's something that I really have always cl held close to my heart, that you need to behave in a manner that is gracious, that is polite, that is kind, that is helpful. Yeah. And so that the woman who invited me into Strata was the daughter of a very, very significant philanthropic, very generous family. And she herself is an amazing human being. And Stephanie Ardros. I hope you're listening. You're amazing. I love uh, it. Shout out he, to Stephanie. He's a good friend. The husbands were friends. Um, she's she's not married to him anymore, but he's a wonderful man, and she's terrific. And um, over dinner, she just we started talking. We knew each other from a nonprofit life, um, and that's what started it because she had seen me in a different role, but knew what I could do, and said, "Why aren't you selling real estate if you're licensed?" Wow. Comes. And you so hear a lot of those stories where. You know, you've got a company that may not be easy to get into and you're a new agent, but the owner or the broker at that company sees that talent and grabs it um, because they know the history. That, that's a great story. So I love what you said about you never know who's watching. It reminds me of um, 
Burma Weller is an agent in Atlanta, and this was like 10 years ago. I was at a sales meeting with the former, my former company with her, and she said, you don't know it, but you are always, if you're having a conversation from, with someone, they are interviewing you. You are always. always being interviewed. Don't, it's not, by the time you get to the quote listing presentation, that better be a consultation. Mm-hmm. You're always being interviewed. I love that. So what what do you think, and you've answered a little bit of a little bit of it already, but so you got into business, you were in PR. What well, well, one question first. So you're in PR, you've got all this create creativity, business experience, great connections, great human being, good, you know, core spiritually, spiritually and mentally in business, all of that good stuff. But you meet the right people, you get in the right company. But before all that happened, what did, like, at what moment, because you're having a margarita and you're getting your license, that's cute, right? And a lot of, you hear that from a lot of people, and most people it turns into, like, 99% of people are better, it turns into nothing. Yeah, so, those people. right, and they even get their license. So at what point, I mean, you get your license, but at what point did you know it was once you got into Strata? Was it before? Like, at what point did you know, like, this is it? I'm doing this. Like, really? Like, this isn't an experiment. Well, I am I am a chips in the middle of the table girl all day long. So I'm always all in. I'm extremely competitive. Um, well, that all makes sense, right? <laughs> yeah. So I just, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to yeah. go all in. So it's just, that's just who I am. It just, I, it drives me crazy not to understand when people don't commit. So So is it when you started school or was it when you passed the test or was it it was when you when was I, it ever margaritas? It was, it was dinner with Steph. It was That was oh, it. Okay. I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do this with the best firm and I, I'm all in. I'm it's a go. So as soon as I was able to, you know, start with them, I just I and I discovered how much I loved it. I wasn't wow. ready for the roller coaster ride that it is. And I think a lot of agents aren't ready. Aren't, yeah. uh, but hard work doesn't scare me. And I am seven days a week and I carve out time for my family. And family is always first. But I, it's just who I am. And I just, I love to work. I, it's fun to me. And when I discovered how much I love the work of real estate, it was a perfect match. It really was very similar to fundraising because you, you know, you have to kind of create something out of nothing. You have to prospect, you're doing everything just for a different reason, for a different cause. And now we're creating value for the transaction is really, it's, I always say it's not a transaction, it's transformational. And that was a big mantra that I used in fundraising that there's a transformative process that happens when someone buys a home, whether it's the first home or you're downsizing or you're moving closer to the grandchildren or you're having your first home as a new married couple, whatever it is, your first baby, you need another room, whatever, you get a dog, (laughs) you need a yard. It's not, and I think it's an agent, it's important. Sometimes it's funny, like you said, it's not a transaction, it's a transformation. The more we realize as real estate agents that what we're doing, while it's important to be organized and know the facts and be competent, if you don't recognize the heart of what we represent and what we're doing for people, and that it's not just a deal, but it's representing people, you know, a lot of my clients and your clients, their home is not their most expensive thing they'll ever buy. It's not their most financially valuable asset, but it is their most spiritually most the the biggest strongest most important foundation of their whole world it's where they wake up every day it's where they make memories and back to this quote it's not a transaction it's a transformation that's awesome 
Yeah. What do you think is your, because you clearly have a lot of them um, from PR and marketing and hard work and perseverance and former success and connections and I already forgot, I had another one that I just picked up on that you have, but what do you think, in, in heart, in the business, but what do you think gives you, because we are in a competitive industry, what do you think it is that gives you, truly has you stand out from the rest, gives you that competitive edge, is, makes you the agent that your clients have to hire above all others? Um, you know, when you were talking, the first word that came to mind was intuition. Mm. And... I think my intuition comes from actively listening and, and there's just a, there's a intangible, there's, there's something about intuition that you just have a feeling, you know, what's going to um, be a good fit for someone that maybe you can, I think it comes with a communication style also that you have to actively listen and you have to really communicate and hear them mm -hmm. and, and then bring to them, you have to be resourceful. There's no one answer, but you have to say, okay, I hear that you need, you, you, this gentleman that I showed property with today, he thinks he needs a 5,000 square foot home. He can't afford a 5,000 square foot home, but what he really needs is a yard for his dog to make his kids happy because he promised they'd get a dog. And yeah. it's something that simple, but saying at the end of the day, you want to be in this neighborhood and you need a yard with a dog and here's the price point. This is going to solve the problem. And oh, the bedrooms are way too small. No, they're not because your kids are going to be in the backyard with the dog. And exactly. did I show you the jacuzzi? Because that's kind of great too. So, and that's a running joke in our neighborhood. We have, we live in a really great neighborhood with extensive amenities. It's just fun and yeah. it's gated. So we always tease the kids, you know, would tell the kids stay in the bubble. Um, but I they love it. Run you know, run free in the neighborhood and go play croquet and basketball and volleyball and do all that and play in the froggy pond and slide yeah. down the slide. Yeah. But they're safe and yet they have this experience and the whole, the joke is they're not in the little, the bedroom that you think is not, you know, a 20 by 20 bedroom. It's, they're out front with their friends. They're playing. And that's what's important is that, that experience. them see the living yield that they get. What the intangible that they get out of that purchase. Yeah. Well, it makes me think of lifestyle. When people are buying a home, it's understanding they're not just buying a house. You know, lifestyle. they're buying a lifestyle. So, exactly. uh, and they, or the, it's buying a lifestyle kind of sounds, you know, the importance of the home purchase is the lifestyle that it provides. So tell us a little bit about this active listening. Like, I love that because I think a lot of people think they know what listening is because they're hearing words come out and resuscitate, you know, like, yeah, yeah, that's what they said. And then they have their own opinions and whatever. But tell us what your definition and how kind of like some stories, experiences on how you've come through to be this active listener. And maybe a lot of it's natural and intuitive, but I bet you there's a story along the way. Um, um, I, it, good or bad. <laughs> a lot of training with um, in fundraising, feeling, finding questions, what matters, what's the hot button, what what tugs at the emotion, what do they need, and mm -hmm. just talking. So active listening means if you're telling me all the things that you need, well, you know, we need five bedrooms and, and we need a uh, dining room because we entertain all the time for my business, and I promised the kids we'd get a dog, but... Um, you know, I don't really care about pools. I'm just kind of nervous about blah, 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 blah. Wait a second. Did you say you want to get your kid the dog? Yeah. Now maybe there's 
something, you know, there's something else going on there. My, my story is, you know, we didn't, we were digging the pool and PS, I didn't need the pool. My sweet Molly, who's now turning, or just turned 12, was about to be born. It's like, oh, uh, honey, I'm pregnant. We need the bedroom. <laughs> we need another bedroom, not the pool. Yeah. But, you know, those are easy things, but I think it's more about um, what, if they need more privacy, if they are insomniacs and it's a noisy location where they are now, and maybe that we can show them something that's quieter, that mm-hmm. changes their whole good sleep is really cool. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I figured that out when I had babies. I was like, sleep? Yeah. Who needs sleep? I went to college and slept two hours a night, but I was a lot younger and didn't have the stress of babies, which yeah. they're not babies now. They're big. They're seven. Well, they're not that big. They're seven and nine. So, but active listening, you talked about, um, you know, hear them. I love what you said about, basically what I heard you say was, you got to read between the lines. They're going to say a lot of stuff, but and depending on the personality, what are they, of all that stuff they're saying, what are they saying? Make sure you're picking up on what really matters and having some empathy and put yourself in their shoes to be able to figure that out. And the other one is, what are they not saying? Or my favorite, I'm going to quote him, Chris Voss, here we go, Never Split the Difference, best book ever. Seriously, I listened to it again. I was listening to it again in my car today, and I was like, seriously, I've listened to this book, read it seven times, and still new stuff. But to bringing it back to what we're talking about is sometimes there's something you don't know and making sure you pull it out of them and that you don't know that they don't know you, they don't know, or they don't know you need to know and just keeping that line of communication open. And I'll tell you, here's another example of my past. One of the, we mostly had actors and actresses, but I had an author who was a body language expert and Really? <laughs> yeah, Everybody who's listening, I was like watching my body language. What am I doing now? I'm closed off. Oh no. Anyway, so go ahead. That was so interesting. She said to you know, obviously pay attention. Sometimes you're just cold. But and you don't know it. Yeah. I do that a lot, by the way. Like just yeah. a minute ago, right? Be conscious of, you know, your body language, but more importantly, watching whoever with whom you're speaking. And one thing she said to me is when people are talking, they'll tear up very, very slightly on things that are really important to them or something that is wow. difficult. For them. And if you can catch that, just it's a little, you know, notice it. Maybe something got in their eye. Maybe they have allergies. So you have to be reasonable about it. But when somebody's closing off or they're opening up, sometimes that can give you a little clue also of what really matters uh, just be, and that's part of the active listening. You've just really got to pay attention. You've got to ask feeling finding questions. How do they feel about things? How did you find this? What do you, mean? what do you think about it? But, and then pay attention to the answer and pay attention to how they're responding physically. And they may not even be aware that they're slightly tearing up, but that's yeah. when you start understanding and, and well, you, it's actively listening is, and we all know this intuitively, but being conscious of it, it's more than what you're hearing. Watch for more than what you're hearing. And a lot of people are listening to themselves while the other person's talking. Stop and listen to them. And then you, I love that. You said, this is such a great one. I want to like put it in a frame and put it on my wall in my office is feeling, finding questions. Like when you're talking to people, how are they feeling and what are we finding for them? Feeling, find, and finding how they're feeling. Because this mm-hmm. is such an emotional business, such an, it's so much different from the rest of 
real estate, commercial real estate. Yes, it's a very emotional business. And I think a lot of people go into this industry and not understanding how emotional residential real estate can be for people. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's a happy sale, sometimes it's not, but there's always emotion attached. Exactly. There really is. And I always say the more the more logical people think they are, typically the more emotional they are in a process like this because they're not prepared for it. They're pushing something away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you so we didn't even talk about this before the interview, but tell us a little bit about how are is it you and an assistant? Is it you and a team? Like what's your support what's your support staff system? How are you supported to be able to produce and sell so much real estate? Um so I, I, when I moved over to Compass about a year and a half ago, almost October's my anniversary, um, I came over with just a few agents from my previous brokerage that were, who were on my team. Mm-hmm. And for years I've always mentored agents. And what I found was that after about a year, they say, thank you very much, and off they go. Mm-hmm. And I, as, when, I was, when I was moving over to Compass, I really wanted to retool my team and restructure everything. Mm-hmm. So what I've always had an assistant, I was very blessed to have an amazing assistant for many, many years. Um, she had to stay with the previous brokerage because her father is the founder of the company. Oh, wow. That was hard. Down. Yeah. Incredible. Um, so when I came to Compass, I thought to myself, I got a phone call from a, a great colleague who came over with me and she said, uh, there's there's someone in the Beverly Hills office that's trying to make her way back to Orange County. She lives in Orange County. Um, she's already a Compass agent and an assistant. And with the good graces of her team, uh, I interviewed her very quickly. But I knew instantly when I came to Compass, I needed someone who spoke Compass because I didn't speak yeah. Compass. I know the, the software, the platforms were very different as a brokerage. So that that was one of my best things. She's a fantastic hire. So Janet is my right arm, my pit bull, my, she's pit just, bull. I love it. <laughs> we joke about it. She's wonderful. Great personality. Yeah. Um, so she um, really knows every inch of my business. She's my backup. She's at an inspection right now, waiting until we have the findings and I'm going to race over there and, and be present for that. Awesome. But um, she's, she was number one, in addition to the agents that I brought with me. But what I do is I have a very different split system with my agents on my team. I built a team where I want geographic specialties and maybe a demographic specialty, like perhaps they speak a language that I don't speak, that, that can open doors to a new type of buyer that may not have been open to working with me previously. So I have geographic and demographic experts the team, do, they do not compete with one another because they all work in different areas of the county. Wow. Um, as you probably know, is very large. Yeah. Uh, so we have different specialties where everyone works. We're very collaborative. So it's easy um, if you get a lead that comes in. It's easy to know who it goes to and how it goes yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. And I always promise, you know, if it's my referral, they get Katie time. I am very hands-on. Okay. Um, a little bit of a, you know, we're all kind of control freaks, I think, to some extent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But um, I, I always bring someone in, even if, if it's Janet and I working a deal, then we are, we are there and I introduce them. And I always say 95% of the time, you're getting Katie, sorry, you're stuck with me. But I want you to know yeah. Janet. I want you to know Caroline, who speaks Cantonese and Mandarin and English, and she's fabulous. And she really knows this market in Irvine, and that's where we're headed to buy you a house, whatever it is. Right. So get comfortable and um, 
I even bring them in on listing presentations. So they meet the team and then they scatter after 10 minutes. They've met the team, but I want them to know who's going to be promoting maybe so their that's, list. That's a great one. So for your listing presentation, well, We'll get to, well, I want to get, I don't want to leave your team conversation yet, but just on that listing presentation to make sure we don't miss that. When you have your listing presentation appointment, whatever everybody likes has their name for it. But when you have that, the team arrives with you. So they meet the whole team and then the team goes. Always, but so, you know, key players. I've had as many as seven of us in a room. Wow. Uh, we're up to 14 right now. Everyone's okay. licensed, but okay. I have two administrative assistants. Okay. And one of the agents on our team is fantastic at transaction coordination. So she runs her own book of business and is the team TC. I don't know how you do that. That's amazing. That's awesome. There, she's amazing. Um, and just that's has amazing. A I like a team yeah. TC because they're a known factor. That's part of the team that people are very, you know, they're comfortable with that person. That's great. So you've got a team. It's you and Janet, and you do you you still do deals. You have your own deals that you yeah. do, and Janet yeah. is your right hand to do those deals. Exactly. And then so you she touches all my deals. And then no you have, else. and then you have twelve more members. And of those twelve more members, you've got one person who's an agent and a transactional coordinator. And then the eleven other members are are any of those admin or are they all agents? We have one more admin. Okay, and she's full time admin. He yes. He. Can you believe I just did that? I mean, like millennials, do not crucify me, please. So horrible. So, so I mean, like I'm from the south. Forgive me. I just over here laughing, encouraging me for all of the people that I'm offending. Anyway, what was that? Now the south is mad at you. Uh, like seriously, like I can't do anything right, and we're not going to edit it because it would just be way too boring if we did. So everybody hate me or not hate me or whatever. So. Um, but in the South, we all have a sense of humor. We know. Um, so but anyway, so so you've got, I'm going to run through this because this is, everybody has a million questions on how to do this and they always want to understand. So 14 agents, there's you and your assistant. We've got 12 more of the, of the 12 left. Of the 12 left, you have another admin, he, plus 11 more, Isaac's still laughing, 11 more. And we yesterday, we're up to 15, sorry. Okay, so 12 more, and of the 12 more, the 12 more are agents, and one of those agents also does transaction coordination. That's correct, yes. So you've got your admin, she is your admin, I'm assuming, yes. like she's your yeah. girl. Yes, and then your admin guy, he can just send me a hate mail too, and no, I'm kidding, anyway. Sheldon, we'll call him. What's his name? Sheldon. Sheldon? Or Sheldon. Sheldon. So Sheldon, what is he? He does admin, but what, does he do listing? Does he so do? Sheldon will post social media. Okay. He just went by. Hi, um, Sheldon. <laughs> don't tell him. Don't let him listen to the show. <laughs> so he is there for a direct. I direct the workload, and my I also have a sales manager on the team. Okay. Um, so Sheldon will handle mail merges for letters if we're working on predictive analytic letters or um, you know just there for just general admin duties that supports the team um, he'll pick up signs he'll you know he plan he goes around twice a week and works all the flyer boxes make sure everybody's windexed and their signs are beautiful and perfectly awesome. you know stocked all the awesome. things that just take time out of an agent's day so we're trying to keep the agents very very Focused, focused on their, on their deals. Now, what about what about um, 
listings? Like when they when you get a listing, how do you handle that? Do you do the agents do their own admin work, like listing input? Yes, they yep. do all. Okay, they because they know the listing. Help there. That help is available. Okay. Uh, Generally, they all do it and they know how to do it, but if they need the assistance, then that's where Sheldon and Janet come in. And Janet steps in and she yeah. oversees a lot of the marketing for us, too. So we'll, okay. you know, if it's teams, Janet does team and Katie. So okay. if it's team social media, team you know, website, anything, the quarterly updates that we do, we yeah. create certain marketing and direct mail pro programs and pieces and that can all be customized. It's the beauty of Compass. It happens like that. Yeah. Um, Janet can make sure that those pieces are pushed out and shared. Same with um, social media. We yeah. push it that can be shared and customized for the team. So okay. if you don't have listings right now, you can certainly borrow team listings and push it out. We want to be promoting. We cross promote all the time. That's so. Awesome. We're getting into, you know, we're on WeChat, thanks to Caroline, who's on WeChat. I've never used WeChat in my life, but she's an expert at it. Oh, she's yeah. fantastic. But she we probably, is she, did she, is she, Caroline, is she the team member that speaks Mandarin? Or? Yes. yes. Okay. Okay. And then, um, of course, I could get in trouble again for saying I'm kidding. I'm being so naughty. But it's my show, right? But no, WeChat is a great, that's a great resource. I use that, but not enough. So, um so, and then your transaction coordinator, does she do everybody's transactions? It's, if, if you want her to be, so as you know, okay. you have um, compliance okay. or you have TC. So exactly. some people are good at it and some people Exactly. No, that's true because you've got the option of just having Compass take on a little bit more for you and have, have your team member. Okay, that's awesome. So what can you tell us about how did you figure out, and we're going to go for about do you have five you, you've got five yeah you've got at least five like maybe 10 more minutes sure i love it because when the podcast airs and i say that it's never i never we, we try to say and they're like no because the podcast has 20 more minutes they're gonna go for 20 everybody knows so anyway um when you set up your team like how everybody has such a challenge and i just find there is no formula despite Millionaire Real Estate Agent and all these great books that have all their recommendations, I've never found like there's one way that's really best. So how did you figure out what is best for you? I mean, tell us, like, and how does it work? And whatever you can tell us about building a strong team and advice on that. I think it took, I mean, it, it's a process. I mean, it took a decade to really figure out how to build a team that would have longevity and loyalty. Because I don't, I think real, real estate can be a very lonely business. Yes. And when people, when agents are alone and working solo, I think that is really going by the wayside, you know, where mm -hmm. it's the decade of teams for sure. But to have a team where that you never see, I always tell people when I, in a listing presentation, you're going to meet that team lead, maybe at the listing presentation, maybe a preview. And when you close, I call them HR. It's the first and last right. department. You get right. Seat. Right. But I don't, I don't, I didn't like that model. So right. it was really important to me to provide personalized service with the power of a team. That's our tagline. So oh, wait, let's say that again. The tagline is personalized service with the power, with the of, a power of a team. When I start so, using that, everybody's going to know where I go. Shopping carts at a grocery store near you. Really? Oh my, yes. My 
favorite grocery checker asks if I'm going to sign autographs whenever I go through her line because all, all the grocery carts have. I love it. Team. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So personalized service with the power of a team. Okay. Right. So, to, so to that, I love that. So you figured out your value and a lot of it's built around what your values are and how you want to make sure your clients are taken care of. Would that be right? Exactly. So you create a team focused on the client experience. Client centric. So give us a little more about how, because I stopped you a little bit there. How did that evolve and how did you figure it out and how is it, how is it, does it work so well for you? I really started with looking at how do I build a team where team members stick around? How do I get a higher caliber of agent that I, that I'm really proud of that I really want to, we always joke, you know, you're yeah. never going to have that one person in the car that you grind your teeth. Like, why are they here? Why are they here? Yeah. I, I have very, very diverse people on my team and I like every single one of them. They're really good yeah. people. And so, so that's important to me. Who would I want to refer and who would I want to, as Robert Refkin says, who do you want when the dinner's over? Who do you want to linger over dinner and continue the conversation? And that's such a good litmus test. So I really looked at it and thought, okay, well, it's about money, mm -hmm. frankly. And so I created a structure that is more generous, but it grows as they grow. So as they need less of my time and my sales manager's time, I hired a sales manager to handle a lot of the contractual questions, a lot of the technical questions, just a lot of the support, um, helping them build their business. Mm -hmm. He's fantastic. So wait, is and, this your sales manager uh, in Orange County for Compass? Or is this your team no, sales manager? My team sales manager. See, we so keep getting new team members. You didn't mention him before. This is why I do this, because everybody forgets all this stuff. So is he like kind of a business coach that comes in on contract? Yeah. Well, yes, but Jared is a team. On, he's an agent on the team. He's 20 plus years in experience in Orange County, coastal Orange County. A fantastic guy, really good guy, patient, very zen. And um, he is an extension of me. And is so he can field the phone calls where, and, you know, it gets to the point where I'm so in the weeds. If I were just answering phone cool. calls and helping yeah. them, I never would take care of my clients. So I had to find a way where I could really take care of my clients. And so that he, the majority of his time is spent coaching, helping them build their business, helping them be accountable, hit their numbers, and and picking up the phone at eight o'clock at night when they have a technical question. Um, no one pushes out a contract. If you have less than six years of business, no one sends out any documents without my eyes or his eyes scanning them quickly and proofing. So we maintain a level of professionalism that mm -hmm. is just so important to me. There's the control freak. Again. That's but that but you, right but you know what I, I get accused of that and then when I try to not be a control freak I'm like oh, this is why I was a control freak like there's <laughs> yeah. there's a there's you a reason to, for that it's really not your it's your care and consideration exactly and exactly so I want to ask you um, so so Jared on the team he's one of the fifteen team members and he's also right. an agent so right. how is in this this is really like it sounds like, but how is he, how, how do you know, like, how do you know he is the one? How did that evolve? Because he's, he's still got to do business and consult agents. How did you know his wiring was built for that and yours wasn't? And what was the experience? Or I'm having some similar things going on in my team now in a good way. Um, yeah. So I'd love to, what you can share about that. So how did you figure it out? I figure that part out. 
I knew, and I'll give a shout out to Steve Schultz because I coached with him for Hi, a few Steve months. Hi, Steve Schultz. He's, he loves, love he loves Chris Voss too, by the way, yeah, as I you know. know. Chris, I mean, Steve, I, I love him more. You get to see him more, but I love him more. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I hired him to help me only with structuring, restructuring the team. And he was very, very helpful with that. Um, and one of those things was the next level will be sales manager. So, so I don't coach with him any longer, but he really helped me with just a structure. And I, I had been watching Jared. I knew him, but didn't know him well until he came to Compass mm -hmm. and watched him just, you know, in the office and interacting and socially and watching what he did and knew that it was a, it was a perfect point in his career for him to pivot into that role. So I would say the majority of his time is in a sales manager capacity. And then he still runs his, his real estate business, but right. his commitment, and I'm grateful for it, is really as the sales manager of the team and supporting all the agents. And he gets a piece of their business and it's off of, it doesn't cost them a dime. It comes okay. out of my share. So that's a way to, it's a benefit I provide yeah. the agents. That's and awesome. they get people pitching in, we jump over and you know, if someone is ill, we've had all kinds of very serious illnesses, you know, in, and we've been jumping in and helping when that happens. Yeah. Or needs to go to Tahiti because it's time for a vacation. Here's the file. Jared, Katie, Janet, we've all got you. That's the benefit of being on a team. When I said yeah. real estate's a business, you, you need that support as an agent. You can't burn out, spin out, working seven days a week, all hours. And people don't realize how hard right. it works. So and you just, that's the value that I can add and offer an so, agent on. So let me, so about Jared, here's my question. I'm only thinking like people thinking about doing this because I've talked to people, um, JC, John Zimmerman, he's awesome in Fort Worth, Texas. He came to Compass about seven or eight months ago, but he has someone like Jared, but they are not as consultative on day-to-day -day issues, but they're kind of this guy who calls from the outside, runs the team meetings, makes sure everybody's accountable, that kind of a role. So similar, but I'm, this is an interesting role to me. So my question is for people thinking about doing this is that when you have him in this role, my, my, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously he's got to be wired for it. He's talented for it. But on the flip side of that, you can do one deal and make a lot of money. So to be able to divert, which is I think what the problem most team leaders have, to divert that time from doing these individual deals to sidetrack, to look out for the betterment of a team member's business, I'm sure you compensate and whatever you're willing or feel comfortable and that he would or wouldn't, you know, if he wouldn't, don't be comfortable with you sharing that you do to incentivize him to fulfill that role. But how do you know and find that that in a lot of it may just be it's his wiring, not compensation. But at some point, there's got to be the temptation to go after the bigger deal. And there's just not. OK, so for us, we, we literally sat down and and did projections and said with this, I have a very, very, very detailed team agreement that I use for every single agent that joins my team. And it's a roadmap. I, we okay. pull it out and say, okay, it's this. Um, I use a sliding scale. If they're new, it's a, it, it, everyone has basically the same agreement, but where they start differs according to their experience. And then it slides and it gets very generous as, as they become more successful and their production increases. And the other thing I do is it never resets. So it never resets. 
in January. Oh, wow. Their business. And when they hit their level, they hold their level and they keep going. And that that's my secret sauce to keeping agents on the team. Because once they've hit that percentage, you have the ability to finally be a 95-5 split. Wow. Yeah. But but guess what? I don't need to babysit and, and nurture and mentor and spend four hours a day on that. That agent is able to run their book of business and know that they can go to Tahiti on a vacation and be supported and have all kinds of marketing behind them and support and extra social media and all other things. So it's worth it to them. And camaraderie and you are who you're around. And then all of a sudden the value, you can't, they can't match it. Right. That's all. And for Jared, it sounds like it's a passion of his and it's something that is what he likes to do and that's what he's going to do. And that's what he's hired to do. And, and, I, and it's worth it to me to peel off some of my profit and and give it to him on every deal. So with, with you have 15, 20 agents producing a little bit of everything is is a nice cushion and mm-hmm. it's comfortable. So it and, and, it, and he and the, it's the the consistent income and kind of growing yeah. Yeah. that motivates him. And it's also and again, like some of the best people people that run the best, most efficient teams and businesses will say, you got to be fair and compensate people and pay them well. But if you're paying them all, there comes a point where it's not all, it is money, but if they don't love what they do, or if they do what they love, love what they do, it makes all the difference in the world too. And they're wiring yeah. with that. Yeah. I'm being a little yeah. repetitive, but. You have to be happy and make money. It's pretty yeah. simple. And so they get, can enjoy where they are. So here's our remaining questions, because I know we're both getting short on time. A little bit about your listing presentation and about like one or two minutes, what that looks like. And then I'm going to ask you my final three questions of like your favorite book, your favorite tool and the one thing. So that's it, guys. I'm going to stay on track now. So give us like a 60 to 60 to, you know, 60 second to 120 second. What's your yeah. listing presentation look like? How does it work? From pre, from the phone call to winning the deal, how does that go? So phone call, schedule a listing presentation, do my research, know my numbers. Um, I always suggest think to help a seller buy back their house. If you're going to buy it today, think like a buyer. Ooh, Let's get in their mindset. Buy back your house. How would you what? How would you approach it right now if you're going to buy it? And it's really just so they can understand the mindset that will be coming at them. And we're ready for those questions, pricing, whatever it is. Um, and then sit down. I, I do the complete Compass listing presentation. It's beautiful. It's, it's very customized. We have all mm-hmm. of our custom numbers in there. And as appropriate, I bring team members with me so they can meet who will be servicing the listing. And um, if someone is a specialist in that area, they're absolutely on that deal. And then we... Literally, you know, obviously you want to see the house and go through that, but I think it's really important to just sit down and get to know each other and and talk a little bit about how what the approach is. I always say I'm wherever, whenever. You can call me anytime. You can text me. I will get back to you. Here's my team. If for some reason I can't, you're in good hands, and this is who I'm introducing. Um, this is my work style, and I will do all of the marketing. You know, I came from a marketing background. I, I a yeah. firm believer all the tools in the toolbox. So I just go through it piece by piece and talk a lot about how we're going, you know, you've got to have all the tools in the toolbox out and being and in use. Yeah. 
don't know where your buyer is going to come from, but let's maximize your price by using all the tools. So that's, that's usually my first. And that, so, so you bring the team members or as many of them as appropriate, as appropriate. You bring, you always bring the team member who specialize. So you might get, because the name or the relationship or the referral or whatever it is, you're going to be the agent, but you're always, what if the, if it's, a deal that's in an area that you have an agent specializing in, you all, do you co-list it? Do you just make them a part of the process or how do you pull that agent on the team in? A lot of times if they're, if they're sourcing the, let's use Carolina as an example. Okay. In so they're, it's in her neighborhood. She's going to be the lead. Okay. But I can go in and talk about my production and how we approach it as a team and the marketing okay. and how they're, and, and it's a collaborative effort, but it's really, it's Caroline's listing. I'm there to support. Okay. But are there listings that your team members get and you don't come? Like they go do their own listing presentation? Yeah, a lot of okay. times Jared will go if it's, okay. sometimes that is just more appropriate. We just got a new but listing. But you never done. have a listing presentation without you or Jared present? No, it happens. Okay. Okay. And if they feel comfortable and they're ready for it. Yeah. And, now, and, and, not an issue. and what if somebody calls you and says, I have a listing, I, I want to list my house and so-and-so, it's your client, your call, but we've got, you've got another agent. How do you do that? If, um, if it's a past client of mine, I get a lot of referral and repeat business. They want me and mm -hmm. just like they would want any, any agent. That yeah. So how do you involve the team member in that area? Or if they're, if they have a value add, okay. you know, like if you need, yeah, I get it. So I get it. That just helps. I think because everybody has so many questions that really, really helps people understand how you're laying it up and how it works for you. Because sometimes, yeah, okay. So you've got to go and I've got to go, but we're not going without three final questions, but we're going to get them knocked out. These are supposed to be like the quick final three, whatever. Anyway, I love it. I came up with them every time. I like it. So number one, best book. You most highly recommend other than never split the difference. I'm kidding. If that's the one, whatever, what is your book? You know, I don't know that I have one right now, to be honest. I'd have to think about that one. Um, we'll have to get back to you on that one. Awesome. Uh, and you named Steve Schultz because I would name like mentor, business coach, anything like that. If you don't have a book. I'm sorry. I didn't like a mentor, you. speaker, business coach. Steve is great, you know, and I've never been to a Tom Ferry Summit. I, I'm yeah. not one up and down, but I will tell you, his. I think his coaching is exceptional. I think it's very tactical. If, yeah. if you don't for coaching, get on YouTube and start watching Tom Ferry. He's great. Awesome. Um, it's a very different personality, and I. Steve is fantastic. For My husband is an East Coast boy and loves sports, so he – Steve Scholl is the end all be all and he is a great, great coach. It's a very different flavor, but yeah. if I would say for a new agent just starting out, if you need some tactical, motivational, in, just information, yeah. Gary is, you know, a good go-to as well. Awesome. What is your, or is there, do you have a favorite CRM app or any other kind of resource and tool that you feel has been the most, had the most, the biggest effect on your success? and your business and your team? You know, I would say, honestly, the Compass Concierge Program is astounding. It, it's a way to really transform yeah. a living. And that's a very Compass-centric answer, I know. But, but if, it, um, if, it, if it is, your, if it's what uh, has done it, then it is. Yeah, that's awesome. 
platforms are so incredible that the CRM I use, Compass CRM, we're growing that and it's improving every day. Well, they can actually love it. I yeah. think contactually, well, we already had a pretty cool program, but then when we merged contactually into it, it was like, it's all done. Yeah. Okay, yeah. last question. If there's one thing that you would have us, me, everybody listening, remember from our interview, and you were, we were only going to remember one, what would that one thing be? Um, get out of the loop. And I, if you watch my YouTube channel, you'll see uh, something we do called 22 questions. It's 22 questions with different agents. It's a lot of fun we do. Oh, but fun. Okay. <laughs> really fun. But one of the comments was get out of the loop. Surround yourself with great people, experts, know who to call, and be a resource for your clients, be a resource in your neighborhoods, and, and just surround yourself with really good people that can serve you well and represent you well because you can't do it all. You think you can, but you can't. So go find the experts and, and do right by your clients. That's awesome. And that'd be a great close, but you have to elaborate for me and maybe every other listener knows what that, this means. But when you say the loop, what is the loop? Oh, thank you. Um, you know, when <sighs> lending, you know, don't, don't sit there and start trying to figure out what the monthly mortgage is going to be on a property that you're standing in. Say, I have a great lender let me refer you. I have three that I'd recommend. Here's why. And get out of that loop. Send gotcha. them to get out of your own way a little yeah. bit. Yeah. 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 Because you're just for trying to do and be everything when there are a lot bigger, better, smarter people around you that are going to like be exponentially productive for you and your clients. Yeah. Know who to refer. Stay in your lane. Do what you do best. Well, I like it. You were right. You've got like, I have so many. I'm going to like have the, the book of quotes by Katie Machowski in Orange County because they're so much fun. Thank you so much for being on the show.